Hi there. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode four of The Doctor and the Dump with myself, Philip Distin. And myself, Dr. Caroline Iskowitz. And we've had some technical issues, so we are working through these. Um, microphones, headphones, you name it, it's been going wrong. But we wanted to get this recorded uh, so we can stay on track, really. I know we're a day behind, but, you know, these things happen with uh, the doctor flying off to New York and enjoying herself <laughs> and me being ill. You know, we all need a break. <laughs> Everyone needs a break. Everyone needs some time to themselves. Um, so, yeah, but this, this week um, we are doing meditation, which is interesting because I am new to meditation um, and this means this week you won't hear me talk so much and we'll let, let the doctor tell her stories about meditation and um, it's new to me I actually have a book in front of me called meditation by a guy called Matteo Pistono or something like that something, something Italian um, so yeah so I'm, I'm currently learning up on these things but then when I, when I thought about it and um, we'll come into this there, there are times that I've meditated without something i wanted to touch upon so so without further ado oh and also i forgot to say at the end we have a lovely three minute meditation from a good friend of mine and a business partner called benice fay um so stay tuned to the end there's a nice three minute meditation for everybody to listen to um, we thought we'd do it there because sometimes i fall asleep within three minutes of meditation and we definitely don't want to do it at the beginning because i'd definitely be silent for the rest of it so <laughs> Yeah, and also if you are driving and listening to this, make sure you are not driving. Make sure just because you might fall asleep, and that happens to all of us. So just want to pre-warn you if you are listening. And I, I want to want to say you fall asleep during the meditation, not during while I'm talking, because obviously I'm very <laughs> interested. <laughs> so yeah, so meditation it's it's kind of new to me. Um, I've done bits and pieces before without knowing about it, which we'll touch. But this is kind of a topic you're quite passionate about and you said when we mentioned this you probably talked for three hours but we're going to stick to our hour hour long podcast so let's have your views on meditation yeah no and I definitely want to hear like what you feel about meditation what's it's been helpful for you but actually my dissertation for my doctorate degree a little bit a part of that was about meditation and being more mindful of your mind and body connection but for me meditation is really being able to focus and quiet your mind because I think like I tend to overthink things and would kind of like, I don't want to say I have anxiety, but pretty close to that where I would just replay things. And meditation has been so influential in my life and past clients when I worked in the mental health field and my current clients with coaching as well. But I think the beauty of meditation, it could be in so many different um, aspects of life. It's not just you sit quietly and let your thoughts like go and you ignore them and you stay silent. I mean, that is one aspect of it, but I think it could go into so many different elements, especially if it's so hard to quiet your mind because the goal of course is to quiet your mind and stay focused. But I think it's really being aware of your mind and your body and having this inner peace within yourself. So it could be even a walking meditation. So just walking, observing things, I know that's how I started too because I couldn't just sit there for like 10 minutes and not think about anything because as soon as it's like don't touch the hot stove like if you say don't like let your thoughts in it's the same concept but I think it's really being able to just sit and observe your thoughts like what's going through your mind what's happening in that moment but like paying attention to your breathing for instance and I'm sure that in the meditation will touch on that as well at the end. But I think when we're going in such a high pace, like high demand life, sometimes it's so hard to just sit and relax for a minute. And I think that's where meditation comes to, where it's able to relax you for a minute and take away all that stress, especially when you're overworked. And a lot of the clientele I work with, work-life balance does not come easy. So it's really helpful for them to even if just one of my clients being able to walk around the park and like maybe even if there's a lake around you or where you're able to just observe things around you because it's not just your thoughts, but it's also like being in tune with how you're feeling and moving your body at the same time too. Um, but there is like the sitting down meditation where you just sit um, in an upright position and you pay attention to your breath. You have maybe your feet on the ground or you're sitting like Indian style, anything like that. That's really helpful too. But I think when stress really gets to us there is not enough time in the day to get everything done and there's no balance and you're just feeling 
exhausted. It starts to affect our health. And I think that's another part where meditation really comes in to play, where it just makes you stop for a minute and think about what's going on and how you're feeling and giving yourself that like two minutes even, because I know we both have talked about this, but like the Calm app or Insight Timer, I believe is the app. And that's super helpful as well. Being able to just listen to a guided meditation because not everyone can just sit in quiet. I know I couldn't, and I still sometimes struggle. I've been doing it consistently every day for two and a half years. So, or maybe longer now, but not every day is perfect because we're human. And I think that's the beauty of it whatever works for us. And I think there's just such a profound like spiritual aspect to it too. But meditation can help in so many different ways too. It's not just with your breathing, but it can lower your heart rate. It can reduce anxiety and not like diagnose um, like any clinical disorders, but it can reduce that stress that you might feel or just feeling a little anxious about stuff. Or maybe it's right before a presentation at work or maybe you're giving a speech or you're doing like a a competition or something along those lines whatever it may be but having just like that two minute like breathing exercise or even listening to the meditation at the end will be really helpful or getting an app that's going to be helpful for you but I mean I could talk about this forever (laughs) and I know I'm going on like a tangent but no that's that's fine I mean like I said it's, it's new I say it's new to me so obviously it's probably not as new to me as, as I like to think it is mm-hmm. because obviously throughout my life I've probably meditated many times I've even known about it especially like so when you're outside walking I do a lot of walking out in the woods and just connects mm-hmm. no music on okay I've got the dogs with me but I just I'm out there doing it and then you think when I sat down and thought about it I was like well actually a lot of people say when they run running to them is a meditation and basically they're just feeling themselves the road the fresh air and that's the same for me when I'm out cycling I imagine when I'm out just out Mm-hmm. I'm not thinking about I'm just connecting with my body, connecting with mm-hmm. that cycling, connecting with that, that tarmac, that fresh air, and going from there. And I think all my sporting, even when I did martial arts, the beginning of any martial arts session, there was a, a minute silence, a two minute, whatever you were doing, or kickboxing, um, the early mm-hmm. entrances. There's all those kind of thinking that is putting yourself in a state ready, which is a form of meditation. I think the problem what I've seen is meditation has the stigma of being through... Uh, I suppose, modern culture and stuff. It's all mm-hmm. sitting, fingers crossed, mm-hmm. a lot of oming, which is, um, you know, om. <laughs> and it's not, that's not, that's not meditation. You know, so, so a lot of people, that is meditation. It's yeah. that Buddhist kind of thing, mm-hmm. but it's not, like you said, there is more to it. There's just taking time for yourself, taking two minutes just to sit. And the one that I am really, that I really find good, um, views quite a bit and I think the one at the end we're doing is a body scan mm, and mm-hmm. that's great to find out the amount of weird pains that are in your body you don't notice until you pay attention or something that could lead to a pain uh, I know a lot of martial arts are using this now and a lot of other sports people to say you know they can feel their knee there's something not quite there because they're scanning through their body and they can go and stretch it assess it and see 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 what happens and a lot of people have said they picked up their injuries way before they happen but being athletes, they just push through because you know that's what athletes do. I suppose it's their it's their money, it's their bread and butter. They need to need to push on. But mm-hmm. and I, again, it's just talking about the moving. I did some yoga for a while. And obviously, yoga is a form mm-hmm. of meditation. Um, I've done Pilates, which is a lot harder than yoga. <laughs> a little bit. Well, it's <laughs> it's different. Yoga, yeah, it's different. Yeah, I mean, yoga really did like put some pressure through my lower back and stuff from those static poses, but it was good. My posture improved. Um, and I've obviously invested in a posture stooly thing that I now sit on rather than lounging in an office chair um, <laughs> and other bits and pieces. So, but yeah, Pilates obviously with the movement is slightly harder, um, but it was good fun. And again, that's, that is, you know, putting yourself breathing through those stretches is a form of meditation. Exactly. There's actually, my grandma does it, but, and she's been doing it for a while, but Tai Chi is something that's really helpful for her and like, I mean, for any age, quite honestly, because she's been trying to get me to do it, but it's all about body movements and your breathing at the same time. And it's strengthening both your mind and your body at the same exact time because it's a moving meditation. So like what you're talking about too, like with athletes, they push through injuries a lot of the time because they have to at the high level. I know I've done that. Um, I'm sure you've done that at some point too, but I think it's really just going back to that connection. Because when we, our mind is so much stronger sometimes than our body, or we think so. 
we just have to learn to channel that. And that's the beauty of meditation too. It's creating this open space for your mind to allow more positivity in, but also like this stillness to have this peace of mind. Because I think there's so much around us constantly, whether it's technology, whether it's just conversations, whatever it may be, it can dilute what's going on within ourselves. Because we don't have that moment to just take a step back and like observe what's going on. So like with you for cycling too, that's like your form of meditation, being able to be like on the open road and like around like the forest or nature and just even walking the dogs. Like I know hiking is a huge part of me. I mean, you don't really have that in Florida, but (laughs) walking helps. But I think too, the reality of a hiking being on top of the mountain and seeing all this nature around you and just hearing like maybe birds chirping or not a lot of noise around you. It's just more within yourself. And I think that's my kind of meditation. Of course, I do my meditation at home, but I just feel like there's so many opportunities for us to really meditate and it doesn't have to be just one way. And that's, I think, the cool part about it. Yeah, and I think it's the natural sounds is, you know, because people say you can't sit in silence outside, but it's a natural earthy sound. It's like people say you should, you know, walk barefoot ever so often on that, you know, nature and touch trees and do all these kind of things that we've been doing for years. Even, you know, I mean, how many times I've walked along and just started grabbing branches because they're sticking out and the dogs are just looking at me like that, but I'm going to throw a stick for them, which I'm not, I'm just, you know, and it just happens that thing, but yeah. it's that kind of connection. And, you know, it's very hard for me, as well, I don't know about anyone else, but to meditate when there's traffic noise and anything going on, which is, you know, the city life. And unfortunately that's always going to be there. It's always going to grow. We're not getting any smaller as a population. Um, and, you know, just getting out and switching off from that. Yes. Okay. I cycle on along main roads, but I find when I'm doing it, I am able to switch off and concentrate on my cadence, concentrate on the road in front of me, and then take time when there is no busy sections and there is no traffic, like say when I'm out in the forest around the woods, or even when I ride along the sea from back home, I can look at the sea and I can look out, especially when there's, you know, the cycle paths, there's no traffic. Um, still pay attention because there are still some people who just step out in front of a bike for no apparent reason. Um, and that <laughs> happens quite a lot down here. It's, it's, yeah. it's weird, the cycle path along my seafront is right next to the path. It's a two-way thing. Then it's the it's very badly designed. Anyone who lives in Portsmouth will understand what I mean. The cycle path along the seafront is terrible, and people do just step out because they don't expect it. Because you're on the inside of parked cars, so if they want to get to their car, they've got to cross the cycle lane to get to their parked car, and then it's the road. It's, it's a weird setup. But I can switch off. I can go out and ride. I can switch off, and then once I've switched off for a bit, you know, and it's. It's silly that switching off the mind it's the whole you know when you drive to work and you don't know how you got there because you're on autopilot mm-hmm. i mean is that is that a form of meditation is that your mind quieting because you're just used to it or is that you know let's say you drive at 70 percent of your alleviated state all times but you know you still have that autopilot in you which is i don't want to say dangerous i mean you get there and you're fine and safe because you're so in tune with it so i suppose that comes with any kind of thing you do regular over time you know people can make a cake without looking at that an ingredients list i've got no chance of that ever happening because i'm terrible at making cakes but you know is that is that is that your mind switching off is that good meditation to be in is that having time to think in the car with no radio on i mean i get in the car i've just got audios on it's not that's non-stop for me but and i don't know whether those are driving silence whether that's them taking five ten minutes they get to work just switching off yeah no that's a good point i think autopilot it happens to all of us and that's I don't feel like it's a form of meditation. Me personally, like maybe somebody else has a different opinion about that. I think you're not being present. Use your mind like drifts and we all do it. I mean, I'm so guilty of it, but I think it's more meditation allows you to be more present. And like whether it's you're visualizing what you want in your life or you're paying attention to your breath, whatever it may be, I think it's just a testament with the autopilot and driving. Like how did I even get here? Like when we have that, it's worse. Our minds are so busy. That's what I feel. I don't know if you have a different opinion on that, but I think. No, yeah, yeah, I did. I just wanted to, to see what your opinion was because I think we are so busy that if we know where we're going, it's one less thing we have to mm-hmm. think about at the time. So it's your brain just saying, well, I know I'm going. So we'll deal with this. We'll deal with where we're going because I can do that on autopilot. It's nothing. So mm-hmm. you concentrate everything going around you. Yeah. It's when people, you know, 
have completely switched off from driving. Yeah, people do this all the time, especially long journeys. I mean, long motorway journeys. I mean, I used to drive all over the country for, for work. And when you're doing a two and a half, three hour drive nonstop after a long shift, you, you kind of, you completely switch off because your body's wanting to shut down because you've been awake for so long. So then your mind kicks in, but then your mind wants to shut down. When you're on those long straight roads, I mean, now America's got some of the most ridiculously long straight roads, but those mm-hmm. just, you know, where there's nothing to think about. And that, that to me is the autopilot. I mean, driving to, I mean, I do it now sometimes and, I, and I'll first drive in the morning, I'll go and pick, go to pick up the wrong dog because, you know, my autopilot is on a Tuesday, I'll pick up this dog and they're not in this time. And sometimes that happens to me. I think it's just, you get into that routine mm-hmm. and you jump in and, you know, everything mm-hmm. just feels familiar, feels right. You know what day it is and you just do what that day is. And that's your brain just saying, look, I'll take care of this. You mm-hmm. concentrate on everything else on the outside. I mean, that's my... I just wanted to see whether you thought the people switching off and drive because you know some people say they love driving. So those mm-hmm. who love driving are just being out driving, whether that's on racetracks or just going for a long drive. Is that them escaping as a meditation with a you know a connection to something they're passionate about? Yeah, I actually know a few people that that is their therapy for them, like or their meditation, whatever it may be that they call it. But I think they're able to put things on autopilot because you're right. Like it's one less thing to think about. Because I've talked about this on one of my um, Facebook Lives, actually, where it's okay to put some things on autopilot, like what you're going to have to eat every day for the week or what you're going to wear, because those aren't as time-consuming as what you do for your job or for work or having, like, deep conversations, things that are actually going to take more brain power. But if you have the things that aren't as important of, like, okay, I know this is what we're doing for the next week, obviously it helps take some things off your plate instead of continuing to build, okay, I have to drive to pick up groceries, and I know that route, you know, I I think there's more to it. But going back to like, having that long drive for people, I think that's really therapeutic in a way where they're, that's where they unleash all their stress, and they're like, able to focus on the open road, they see the nature or they see the city wherever they are. And I think that is really helpful for a lot of people just being in the car, hope, like I think mostly by themselves so they can think out loud without having to say anything or just having the music on, whatever it may be. But I agree with that. Yeah, so I mean, on the music thing, obviously, you know, people say running is a form of meditation. I suppose it's the the monotony of one step, one step, one step, one step. They keep a pace and, you know, especially those long distance runs, they very rarely change pace unless they're obviously racing, but if you're just training. But a lot of these listen to music. Is the music affecting them being out and trying to switch their mind off if they're just that's what so a lot of people obviously they, they enjoy running because they've had a really stressful day at work and they just want to go running so is it the music that is their their kind of thing that switch them off or is it the running should they try running without music is it a personal choice because i know some meditations don't have you know some are just words mm-hmm. um and some have music underneath is it a personal choice i mean does it does it matter whether you're listening to music? Is that something that's interfering with your mind when you switch off or, or not? You know, that is a good question. I think it just varies for everybody. Like ideally meditation, like being able to turn all the noise off is the most beneficial. But I think music is a form of meditation too, because with having it kind of in the background noise, it's able to like kind of clear out the outside factors and noise. It's almost like a protective shield, maybe for some. I like I'm not an expert by any means, but that's just my personal opinion and like what I've read too. Like everybody's different and everybody absorbs things differently. I, not to change the subject, but I don't know if you heard on well, it was on the news, but it was on like Facebook too. But like, um, I guess this new recording came out where it was like Laurel and. Yanni or Yanni? Did you hear about that? um, No, because as we said before, I don't really watch the news. Well, it was Um, on Facebook, but they were just... It goes with my point. Is this like the whole colour thing, whether it was turquoise or... All right, okay. And so, like, people were hearing different things, but I think it's, like, how we absorb information or process information. That's the whole point, because I think with meditation, too, some people can sit there and have no noise and really be in tune with their mind and body connection. Then there's others that need that music. They need to be able to connect with something because that's what centers them. Or they need to be out on like on foot running or in the car or driving, like whatever it is. And that's the whole thing. We all process things so differently. 
but what works for me doesn't work for you doesn't work for anyone I mean it all varies and that's I think the complexity of the mind to the human mind is how we process and absorb yeah and that's you know come back to what I said at the beginning is I think meditation has this if anyone said to you meditation they automatically probably switch to monks or yoga or sitting cross-legged you know the the you know the Indian you know early Indian practitioners and floating in the air and doing all that kind of stuff and I think that's kind of where people look at meditation but it as I said when I when I sat down about there's so much more behind you know just it's just calming your mind and meditation the simplest form to me is just taking time to think about you mm-hmm. um, and I, I discussed this before because obviously I do these lives and I do a train your thoughts one and, and how people should try and switch their thoughts off which is really hard because you say you're getting outside influence mm-hmm. um like you said don't touch the hot stove you want to touch it now that's a weird one because obviously most people know it's dangerous so you probably shouldn't touch the hot stove okay. so you do have a switch off but like when I when I did mine is it's like don't think about a pink elephant and the only thing you can think of now in your mind is a pink elephant. Right. It's doing no, it's doing no damage. You know, don't think of the color blue. So everything you something, something blue. And it's those kind of mind tricks where you look mm-hmm. at a room and you ask someone to say, how many yellow objects can you see? And then they look at that and they say, how many red ones did you see? And you just, you like, uh, I don't know, because you weren't looking for them, I suppose. Right. And that's where you kind of need to look inside you. That's why, that's why I like the body scan ones. I really like those ones that talk about, talk you through, you know, how to scan your body. I do some... Um, sleep ones because sometimes I'm wide awake at night because I'm just a night owl and I just put one on and drift away and a, a lot of those have body scanning in first getting your breathing making sure you're comfortable yeah then make yourself another 10% comfortable so you move and then eventually within two minutes I'm asleep on most of those um, but I do try and stay present on the body scans so I think they're really good that you can feel you know what's you know it, it might be a tingling sensation it could be anything but there might be something deeper going on and that's kind of what I want to continue to meditate towards um, and I said we got the meditation at the end with uh, my friend B Benice um, and she's actually setting up her own insight channel which I'm sure she's gonna she said she will come on and talk about meditation because she is full mm-hmm. meditational spiritual um, and I think that's the other the issue the spiritual thing and it's come up quite a lot lately you know is spiritual being overused as a word by all these kind of way out there people um, you know, and everyone puts on that voice of the 60s, you know, I'm totally spiritual man and all that kind of stuff. But is that, again, is that an impact on, you know, the modern modern culture impacting on something that's actually quite useful, which is to be, because spiritual is just being present around what's going on with you. You don't have to be religious. You don't have to be, you know, it's just being in connection with you and the world. It, that's my view on being spiritual. Um, it's not crystals and all that kind of stuff. Yes, there's part of that to it. But I think, again, it's this total misconception that people have due to popular culture, due to films and all that kind of thing, you know, and it just seems to be in the wrong idea of what it is. Once I've been starting to read this book, you kind of realize that yes, there are monks that meditate and can do ridiculous length of time meditations, no water, no nothing, all that kind of stuff. And that's just them being in tune. And then you get the other extreme, which is Wim Hof, who does the breathing stuff from Holland who's the crazy man that climbed Mount Everest in a pair of shorts just to prove it can be done, um, holds the record from the water swimming. But his is breathing. And he says, you know, that is a form of meditation. A lot of martial artists are now switching to this Wim Hof method of controlling their breath. So when they get in a panic situation or they get, even when they're just exhausted, they're learning to control and generate more oxygen in their body and just being connected to how their body feels. So the breathing is something that I'm definitely interested in to look at because it's something within sport that's obviously massive is to try and generate oxygen mm-hmm. but it is a form of meditation it's a deep you know the breathing technique and how he trains it like it's amazing to listen to him he's a crazy guy um but he says don't try it out on your own because you know some people have done it i think it comes from i want to say barley they do the deep the deep breathing one that brings out all the emotion in people is it barley it's one of those far east countries where they have this kind of meditation mm-hmm. and a lot of you know, Western travelers when they're doing their gap year and things like that go out there and they just have an emotional breakdown because they're, they're taught to breathe, take as much oxygen and switch their mind down and it just digs deep and they just burst out crying or they collapse, they faint because their body isn't used to what they're trying to process. So it's a very powerful, powerful tool, yeah. but also, yeah, don't do it on your own. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I think because it doesn't have to be so complex too, because I think when it gets to 
a level where you're practicing it regularly and you know for you you're able to take it to another level but I think when you're starting out too it's just simple exercises that anybody can do anybody can stop for five seconds breathe in through their nose hold their breath for a few seconds and let it out like anybody can do that and obviously listen to at the end but I think the beauty of mindfulness and like meditation is also like bringing awareness to yourself and your experience of what you're experiencing because it brings you in that moment versus thinking of everything else that's going on especially when they have that moment like you're talking about like all these emotions come out is because maybe that's the first time they're really looking at something and that's when maybe they need to do it with somebody who's professional or get that extra help that they need and support but I think the fact that mindfulness is just being able to really focus in on that present moment and just breathing and allowing yourself to feel that's I think the most important part too and just being able to be with your thoughts one if they like are just like okay what am I doing today what, what's going on right now how is my breathing mindfulness and like meditation has helped me with my asthma too I'm not a medical doctor um but just being able to really like when you might be having an asthma attack it's like just taking a couple small breaths so you can like relax your mind and your body and I will repeat I'm not a medical doctor but I think that's what's been really helpful for me and just in general like allowing yourself to relax and reduce stress but having some technique and I wanted to touch on what you said about the body scan because there's um I forgot what website I found it on it was just a regular website but it was like a progressive muscle relaxation um meditation and it's just it's so powerful that's why I think it's really important to have somebody who is experienced to help you through it but it like relaxes your muscles you can feel exactly where maybe pain is um and that might be where you're holding emotional pain too it's very powerful but it's just something I wanted to touch on since you brought it up about the body scan yeah, and if you find the website, we'll chuck it out on Twitter so you can, can link up to that muscle relaxation. So that's interesting because, like I say, a lot of people carry their emotion. Um, mm-hmm. you know, those that are stressed, it's hunched shoulders, it's everything. You know, you're carrying it through your body. Um, a lot of people don't don't look at that. And, you know, it's not something that, you know, I know you say you're not a medical doctor, but if you do go to a medical doctor, it's not something a medical doctor is ever going to tell you to do. They're not going to go, well, what you should do is go to a three-minute meditation every day. They're going to go, uh, we've got some drugs for that. And that's, that's kind of it. It's, it's finding, we're just too quick to, to find something that's the quick fix, which is mm-hmm. a lot of quicks. And again, not being present in the moment. You know, the thing I also love about dogs is dogs live in the moment. They're not living in the past. They're nothing, you know, yeah, they have memories of something as, you know, scare them as a, as a puppy or something like that. But they just live every day as if it's like every day. It's like, have you ever known a dog not be excited to see something or do something like it's seen a thousand times? Oh, it was a tennis ball, it's a tennis ball, it's a tennis ball. You're like, it was a tennis ball yesterday, dog. It's a tennis ball today. But, you know, they live in that moment. They just want to chase. They just want to run. Um, and people have lost that. We've lost that. That, I don't know, you know, we always harp on about social media. It's that ping, that that notification, that little red dot that appears on your phone. It's that kind of, oh, that's your new dopamine spike and you you know you switch off and at the end of the day you're exhausted because you're not taking time for yourself you're just living on scrolling and we all do it we, you know mm-hmm. you can try your hardest not to do it we've all scrolled for instagram and gone where did that 10 minutes go mm-hmm. you know and that's that's 10 minutes gone it's just one of those one of those things and the perception of meditation is oh i haven't got time to do that it's really long but as we're going to prove at the end the meditation at the end is three minutes i mean mm-hmm. you can't find three minutes to listen to a meditation then you're the busiest person I know. That's, that's all I can say. <laughs> well, if, if you, you have time minutes, for it, you definitely need to do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You need to do it more than anybody else listening to this. If you can't find three minutes to, to yourself to just check in with your mind, check in with your body, you know, it's important. We, we, we take, you know, I'm on this new nutrition kit because I'm flying towards 40 years old now. So I'm kind <laughs> of on a, uh, a mission to, to, you know, be as fit as I can for 40. Now, I think, and I did a test the other day, I'm actually the fitness test put me down in my late twenties. So I'm actually fitting. I think I am. Um, yes, I've been on a big journey, lost a loads of weight and I've still got more to do, but I'm touching. Sounds a bit weird, but I'm connecting with my body. I'm not touching my body. I'm connecting with my body, with my mind and finding where I'm, you know, where I want to be and what I'm doing. So that is, that's why I enjoy cycling. Yeah. You know, I used to cycle all the time and I just lost that. 
wouldn't say passion for it, I just lost the time. It was time took away from, you know, I used to be able to just go out and do a three hour bike ride and not worry because everything was sorted. But now that I have businesses and now that I'm mm-hmm. doing stuff, I need to schedule my time more. Mm-hmm. And I'm learning that. It's not something I've ever done because normally you go to work, you know when you're going to work, you go to work at nine, you know when you go home, you're going home at five. Yeah, but when you've got a business, you need to be flexible. You need mm-hmm. you know, certain things come in. Like I've just received messages now. You know, it's half eight at night, but I need to not respond to those messages because it's my business. Now, if I said to myself, right, no business after eight o'clock and people start messaging me, then I might lose money. So I need to be flexible with that. But it's my business. So if I don't respond later, it's me that's, yeah, okay, my clients are trying to book something or check something. That's fine. But as long as you've got good rapport with those people, you can spend time yourself. Like I said, I was ill yesterday and my client's brilliant. My client's fantastic. Just don't bother trying to come get us. Don't, you know, because I do so much in terms of like when the winter was here with the snow, no cars were getting around. I chucked on the hiking boots, load of metal spikes, and I walked to people's houses if their dog needed letting out. And that was, you know, people. So when I got, when I need time for me, they're quite happy to give it back. And it was yesterday that I realized I haven't for the last week, apart from going out for a bike ride, really taken time to myself. Um, even when I was in the gym, I was with somebody else chatting to other, you know, other people when they come in from my old my old job because they train at the same time. And I wasn't really in the gym present being in the gym. And that's my mm. what I love about the gym is you can just, and I do put music on, or if I'm training with somebody, I try not to talk as much with them mm. during, before, you know, get the sets of whatever you're doing done, say it's bench press, all your sets done, then talk on the way to the next exercise. And that's the way I like to do it because I think you should be present, feeling your, how your body's reacting to the weights you're lifting to whatever it is you're doing um and that there is a form of meditation in a very crude way because you need to think can i lift this weight am i under pressure what's my body telling me you need that body your mind to be present to listen to what your body's saying and that's basically from what i'm understanding so far about meditation is what meditation is you know your mind and your body connecting as one. Mm-hmm. no exactly and i think too like with working out for instance you're building your muscles. It's the same with meditation. It's building that muscle within your mind too. And over time, it gets stronger and stronger. And I think that's the beauty of it as well, being able to recognize that you're building upon the meditation that works for you. And it could change. It could vary. And some days I notice if I've only done like a two-minute meditation versus like a 20-minute meditation, I it changes me. It's different. Like I can notice that shift because I've been doing it so long now and I mean it's not really that long it's only two and a half years but I think like being able to notice when I need a little extra and when I do need that extra I do another meditation later that day because my body needs it because my mind is just going especially like what you were saying too like fellow with running businesses you're constantly maybe getting calls or some you have to be flexible and deal with what's coming up and I think that's where meditation really like saves my my mind sometimes because it becomes overwhelming but learning to navigate that and like having a moment to just breathe and be with my thoughts and then go full force again yeah i mean the business thing this is kind of where meditation has come back to me is is through my network marketing business because everybody in network marketing um even at the very top level when you actually speak to these people that are at the top of business they all meditate and it's something that's not really talked about you know the likes of Richard Branson, the likes of Tony Robbins, they're all meditators. Mm-hmm. Um, a, lot of, a lot of people in my team do the Miracle Morning, which is a popular mm-hmm. thing. They're up at 5.25 every morning. They meditate, listen to a positive video um, and do some other bits and pieces, a bit of reading. You know, even reading, you know, meditating, as long as you're reading a, a book that you're interested in, is, is kind of medit- you know, been in a meditative state, um, taking in words and being connected with those words. Um, but yeah, it was... But it wasn't until the network marketing business kicked in and people were talking about meditating and how you can control your mind because it is a stressful you know, industry to be in. Any business is stressful. You're running yourself. You know, the monotony of going to nine to five and working for somebody else, that's, that's almost an autopilot. I mean, how many people go to work to nine to five one week and they finish the week and go, I have no idea what I achieved this week. I don't even know if I did what I was supposed to do because you have those weeks where you just switch off. Whereas when you're running your own business, it's very hard to say, mm-hmm. nah, I don't know what I did this week because it's your business. You need to, you need mm-hmm. to track it. And that responsibility, you know, it's that responsibility of checking in with yourself. And that's why I think so many of these big business leaders, um, authors and all those kind of people meditate. I mean, like you said, 
last week on Oprah Winfrey is a meditator, mm-hmm. Gabrielle Bernstein, all these mm-hmm. kind of influential female leaders. And then, like I said, Tony Robbins, obviously. Uh, Richard Branson, I know, meditates. I know Steve mm-hmm. Jobs used to. All these kind of people. And, you know, their meditation is different to everyone else's. I mean, mm-hmm. you've ever seen videos of Tony jumping around on a trampoline and doing cold splash balls before his speeches but that's his meditation he is clearing his mind by being active on a trampoline bouncing around then jumping in a cold splash pool and setting himself now i love cold splash pools um i kept saying i'm going to go cold water swimming every morning just never got around to it but i'm i've rebought a wetsuit because you know i still the sea's not the greatest over here and i still want to wear a wetsuit because you never know um but I, i'm getting back into that and i do a lot of swimming with the dogs and again being in the ocean just swimming in the sun just me and five or six dogs which is kind of a weird sight to see um but that's just me out being peaceful for sort of 40 minutes connecting with you know nature as in the water and nature as in the animals which is was great it's just me no humans water swim (laughs) yeah and like that's a good point too it's meditation is a way of living like all the people that you've named it's part of their daily routine and like the miracle morning i know like a lot of people who have done that i've done that too because it just sets you in the right mindset for the day too. And like, especially if you're around any negativity, it is allowing you to block that out for even those just two minutes you do it or hour you do it, however long you do it. But I think it's creating this healthy lifestyle for your mind because I think it's so easy to focus on your health when it's physical because you can see it versus your mental health being able to really be aware of what your mind needs like feeding your mind versus just feeding your body and your soul well i guess your soul and your yeah yeah. and i think there was an article well probably last year now about schools starting to teach meditation for those that are troubled kids those instead of doing detention yeah yeah instead of detention we're going to do meditation because again you're protecting yourself from an outside influence if you can just let you know things run off you like water off a duck's back and just switch switch your mind off and just keep moving and keep yourself present in everything that's going on then you're not going to let people affect you so i know that was an article they were trying i don't know what the results of that were because it kind of disappeared out of the uh out of the news for a bit over here yeah actually um i think i posted that on my personal facebook but <laughs> being able to they switched it where sent to detention or in trouble they would go to like the meditation room. I think it was called. I don't remember exactly. But they saw such a significant result from those kids because they were able to understand, okay, well, what's going on? Because a lot of times these kids are coming in and their home life might be very disruptive and they don't have that moment to just have a meditation. I know some of the clientele I worked with over the years, they didn't have a safe place to just meditate. Sometimes it was the bathroom. Sometimes it was at school, wherever it may be. But I think when kids are taught at a young age, it's a daily practice, just like daily practice of like brushing your teeth, brushing your hair, like those basic necessities is just, and I feel like meditation is one of those and it, it should be because it just allows you to really be in tune with yourself. And I think like for my dissertation for school, I wrote about creating a school-based program to prevent childhood obesity through mindful eating, but like what I took from that was it was a heavenly focus on your mind and body connection because it's not just what you're putting in your body. It's what are you putting in your mind? What's being fed to you? Whether it's people telling you things, certain things like that are negative or just really destructive to you, but being able to have that space around you where you know you can like meditate and focus on the positives or focus on what you're excited about or just being in tune with your body. I think is so important, but having that connection because it is connected. Everything is connected. Like you were talking about earlier too, when you walk barefoot, like your feet are touching the ground, the soil, whatever it may be that you're connecting to the earth. But I think it's really important that we connect like the mind and the body connection and having that space together. Yeah. And when you talk about obesity, I think the biggest sign that the mind and body is connected is advertising. I mean, advertising knows mm. that they can switch your mind into eating the wrong kind of foods, drinking the wrong kind of drinks by having that, that influence. It is the whole, you know, here's a Coca-Cola advert and you're saying, oh, I really fancy a Coca-Cola. You know, you may not have drunk one for ages, you know, maybe one of those things, but they know that the mind and body switches. The body's like, yeah, that's sugar. I really want some of that. And the mind goes, okay, I'll get some. And it's having that presence to say, 
actually no we'll, we'll have an apple or something you know something that's a bit better for you it's got fiber as well as sugar something that's mm-hmm. going to balance the body out um and sugar is my it's always been my biggest downfall you apart from american chocolate because american chocolate is not right but english like good <laughs> chocolate and you, it's my downfall you, you know chocolate and, and everyone this is like when i was in security people know if if i was in a bad mood go buy me a bar of chocolate and that would sort me right out yeah but then that, that affected my health you know heart 67 um you know 19 and a half stone and now i'm down to just under 15 stone i put a bit of weight on so i went to vegas and haven't got it off since um and then you know my resting heart rate is down the other day was down to 48 for three days so i know that you know these are these these do affect your body and i noticed like when you talk about mind body connection obviously monitor my heart rate and when i do go into a meditative state it's amazing how quickly you can control your heart rate i do it in the gym i do a lot of um training with a friend of mine at the moment we're doing rest recovery so we do rowing we go flat out two minutes at 140 beats roughly per minute and then see how quickly you can get it down to below 80 beats and he's there for ages he just can't get control and i can learn to control bang and within sort of a minute i'm back down to 70s and i can go again um but that that's not because i don't always think that's because i'm physically fit i do have quite a good recovery always have but i think a lot of that is because i'm mentally thinking about my heart rate connecting my heart to my mind and saying right let's slow this down let's slow this down because we want to go again and you can see it drop as you see that drop go from 90 and then all of a sudden it's 82 and then you're like right i'm under 80 let's go again and let's let's jack it back up to 140 and then try and recover again it's good fun it really is and it sounds yeah. it sounds it sounds like it's the most atrocious thing job on a rowing machine <laughs> just kill yourself for six minutes but we only do you know it's two minutes 140 you you can quickly get back up to 140 from 70 um, once your body's warm so yeah. Well, that's the truth, though, like, med- because meditation, like, begins and ends in our bodies, right? And I think you're being able to pay attention to your heart rate going up and down, you're able to, like, be aware of what's happening within your body. I know, personally, for me, like, when I run, because I have exercise-induced asthma, I have to be really aware of how my breathing is at all times, because I can, I'm so in tune with how my body's working that I feel an asthma attack coming on. I'm like, okay, I got to slow down. Like I'm able to adjust my breathing and my running to that. And I think that's where like the meditation as well has played a huge role in my life. But I think like you being able to like watch your heart rate go up and down and understanding how to like adjust that has to do with like meditation and just knowing your mind and your body and knowing what's okay and what's not okay for you personally. Yeah. And it's, yeah. yeah. To run on the heart rate, I mean, if you look at people that are competitive shooters, uh, competitive biathletes, they've got such control over their heart that they can actually stop their heart ever so slightly between two beats while they pull the trigger, while they let the arrow go, whichever it is they're doing. And that that shows the control. You know, people say you don't have control over your heart. Your heart is an internal organ that beats. It's got its own rhythm. It's got its own electrical impulse. But you still can be in tune enough to say, right, let's just slow this down. Let's control this. And it's the breathing, the oxygen, everything. Have you ever looked at the deep breathing for asthma? Because I know Wim Hof talks about this as a way to improve asthma. So it's this massively deep breathing. It's a, honestly look it up because I don't want to butcher his words because yeah. he's Dutch and he's brilliant. But um, slightly crazy. Um, yeah. But he says, you know, it's, it's putting people into this higher oxygenated state increases the lungs to actually do what they should be doing. So it has shown science to improve asthma whether that is i've you know i've not listened to it fully because i only looked at the side that he was doing with meditation for a lot of the martial artists that were now doing his room technique and i enjoy the fact that he decided he was just going to climb mount everest in a pair of shorts which is you know proving oh my what, yeah proving what the body's capable of so he just he's he's yeah you know, he's a crazy man but he believes that you know people's breathing and people control like he can control his body temperature that's his his weird skill, if you want to do it, he can control how he feels within his body. And he says, you know, it's in the mind because you, you do have more control over your body than what you think. It's just nowadays, it's so much easier to throw a coat on, throw the heating on, you know, throw the air conditioning on that you, you don't, your mind doesn't have to think about it so much. But he did, uh, he does talk about the breathing and asthma, so it might be worth something looking at. Yeah, no, I, I haven't heard of that, but I definitely want to look that up. <laughs> and I think too, it's just going back to like your mind, it's mind over matter, I think, with a lot of things and how powerful our minds are, but tuning into that and working it to our advantage versus against us. Because I think sometimes there's a lot of negativity around or it's focusing on the positive and people are like, well, I can't just think of positive thoughts. And it's not just positive thoughts. It's 
just being still for a minute because when's the last time you really like sat still for like more than a minute or two well yesterday I was ill so I sat still for loads yesterday (laughs) (laughs) I didn't have a choice (laughs) see and sometimes our bodies like shut down on us because we're not listening like I know that's happened to me multiple times where I get sick I used to get sick all the time because I wasn't, I was overworking myself, but I wasn't allowing myself to just relax for a minute or two. And it was really hard in the beginning to meditate for me because I'm like a constant on the go. I don't like to just sit and relax for a minute. <laughs> so in the beginning, it was really difficult, but I've come so far because I've trained my muscles and my, my mind muscles essentially to really be in tune with, okay, you need to like just meditate. I do it first thing in the morning. So I feel like it starts my day. And some people, I used to do it at night, but then I would fall asleep. Um, so I didn't know if it was really working. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I still do the yoga nidra for sleep because it, it helps me sleep. Um, mm-hmm. But that's, you know, it's the old counting sheet, but this one's quite good. And, and the one I do yeah. quite a lot on Insight Timer, it's the same one. And I think uh, it's the repetitive. I always want to say it's the repetitive because, again, it comes back. Like, I used to fall asleep when I was younger to the same Jack D comedian audio tape. But as soon as I hear that, I know that I'm going to sleep. And this, people say about Friends. When Friends was at heyday, people just watch Friends all the time. And you would literally get past the theme tune and be asleep in one minute because you'd already heard this. You already knew the story. I mean, is that something that where your brain says, I know this, I can switch off? Is that the autopilot kicking in and saying, well, we're just going to go to sleep because I know exactly what line's coming next in the film or on the audio? Is that why those things work? Yeah, I mean... I think that's why I, that's just my personal opinion. But I think too, your body is like in tune with that, your mind or more so your mind, because you already know what's coming. So like almost like relaxes you and allows you to like, okay, I'm not going to miss the next scene. or I'm not going to miss that next line. Yeah. But you, yeah. You, I think that yeah, you know what's coming. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, that's, I mean, I, I should get up and meditate in the morning, but I get up. And I go to the gym or I go to work. Um, it's very hard for me to meditate in the morning because as soon as I'm awake, my mind's alive. I'm one of those kind of people that's like, right, let's go. And I can't take time. And then, so I do mine probably when I am out walking. So I know that you know when I'm out walking by the sea, that's when I switch off um, and just look at the sea, look at the flags, wherever, wherever there's around. Because that sounds really weird, but there's a load of flags down by where I walk. So it's not, not just like <laughs> this. Yeah. Um, and then the trees and all that kind of stuff. And then, you know, and I, I notice how much more in tune I am with even the animals and stuff because I can notice that, that I've got a dog that I walk and she's practically a wolf. She's not really a dog. She's literally a wild wolf. Um, she looks like one. She's beautiful, the most laid back dog. But I'm so in tune with her movements now that I know when there's a deer nearby because mm-hmm. she, she'll pick up on it way before a human ever will. But I know that I, as soon as that's there, lead on, bang, and then we see the deer. And you know, I'm, I'm quick enough to notice that now. Whereas before, I'd be like, "Oh, she's run off. Where's she gone? Because she's chasing deer." And that's you know, that's that's her nature. That's her living in the moment, like what we all should do. Mm-hmm. But now I, I can recognise these signs. Being this sounds for people say really weird. Like I'm not the dog whisperer. I'm just I think. <laughs> like you, you, well, yeah, yeah. You just come in tune with nature. You know, it's it's, it's amazing how when you're out in nature quite a lot as I am, I know when it's going to rain. You can just mm-hmm. tell now when it's going to rain. People are like, ah, it's blue sky, it's not going to rain. I'm like, yeah, it's going to rain in a minute. And then it rains. People are like, well, how do you know? I'm like, I have no idea how I know. <laughs> probably because I spent, yeah, I probably spent all day out in the, you know, out, out, outdoors. And you, you get that sense, that feeling. I think the body is in tune with nature. You're just, we've just turned it off for so long with all the modern technology of mm-hmm. phones and driving and, and, and you know, like I said earlier, coats, umbrellas, it doesn't affect us. We don't have to think about, is it going to rain? Because if it does, we'll just chuck a coat on or go into a building or, you know, whereas before this happened, we'd, you'd have to know when it's raining to get your animals in, to make sure you're in, to make sure there's no floods, protect your house and all that kind of thing. Whereas now it's just, it's going to rain. Okay, major storms, mainly in, you know, in America, and we all see those flash floods and those hurricanes that come in. There's not a lot you can do against those, really, except batten down the hatches, but they are predicted by science nowadays. But there are still people that can just put their hand down and go, it's going to rain in an hour. And you'll be like, how do you know it's going to rain in an hour? And it rains in an hour. I mean, they're just yep. in tune. They're just in tune people. Definitely. And it, it goes back to paying attention. And the more we pay attention, the more we're aware. And it's just being activating like the unconscious versus just your conscious mind. 
And that's where meditation plays the biggest role. It's activating that. Yeah. And because it's not something that's taught. I mean, I know in obviously Far East as culture is taught. I know it's taught in Thailand because of relatives out there and they do teach meditation at school. They teach it obviously through Thai boxing because everybody in Thailand's a Thai boxer. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, and that's still traditionally what people think of meditation is sort of India and further across China, Japan, those kind of places. And mm-hmm. it's not a Western Western culture thing. And it's kind of a bit hoodoo voodoo over here. I mean, you know, it's yeah. kind of a, it's almost a status symbol. Oh yeah, I do yoga. It's like, it's not a status symbol. It's someone that's actually connecting their bodies, their mind. It's not, they're trying to be this new age hipster. Yeah, no. And I, I feel like it's coming around where more people are open to meditation and seeing the benefits I think we have a long way to go where everybody's doing it in some form, but I think people are becoming more open to it, especially in schools. I know there some schools now have yoga classes, like an elementary school where my mom teaches, actually, they have a yoga class, but I think they're trying to incorporate different things. So kids have some outlet and it's not just school or just because it's part of life skills. And I think schools need to learn more life skills, like kids, teenagers, but that's another story. Um, <laughs> but I well, think overall, I'm sure we'll come on to kids and teenagers and the education system at some point. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and the teaching yoga at a young age is great. I mean, when I did it for a while, my posture did improve, and I didn't do a lot of you know sort of once a week and what have you. And you know, all these people rave by it. And I mean, even if you look at ballet and dance, it is a form of moving. You know, yoga. They are in a state of meditation at a time. And it's great for kids to do these things rather than that hustle bustle of just playing football, which is running around doing that stuff. It's taking that time to to think before it happens. And, and in some sports, this does happen, like tennis. So they have a break in between each game or each two games and then in between the sets. They're taking time to sit, contemplate, and see where they're going next. And, you know, there's not that break in the hustle. You know, you get 15 minutes of halftime, but you go inside a halftime room in football or rugby and you're losing, you're going to get sheltered at. There's not kind of, you're not all just sat around peacefully just thinking about it, how your body's going. I mean, when I played rugby, as you said, being in tune with your body um, and knowing you've got an injury and just playing through, the first thing you do when you jump on the bus is the physio would shout, right, who needs strapping up and where do you need it? And then like, like yeah, shoulder, yeah, ankles, yeah, knees. You know, everybody was putting strapping around their body because they knew there was a niggling injury or, you know, it's something mm-hmm. they thought, you know, a lot of it is, I think I might turn my ankle because you've done it once before. You may never do it again. Um, admittedly, I did, and that, that ended my rugby playing. But, you know, everyone, I mean, I've worked with the international rugby. They, they wear more strapping when they go on than, than I've, it's just ridiculous. I'm, you think, how can you play? But they play through. And a lot of these are now doing a lot of mental uh, training. They have a lot of, you know, sports psychology has massively grown over the last 20, 25 years. And that's them, you know, and a lot of that is one-on-one with psychologists talking about their feelings, which, let's be honest, a rugby player is not someone you'd imagine to go in and talk emotionally about their feelings. You know, they're big, burly, you know, smashing into each other men. But it happens, you know, they, they do need an outlet. And I think that's the biggest thing. And with kids as well, there's no outlet for them to concentrate on themselves. Their outlet is to escape into computer games um, and into mm-hmm. sport. And, you know, and I've got nothing wrong with people escaping into sport. I've got something wrong with people escaping into computer games because it's not a physical, it's not doing your own, you know, some yeah. people do go on and become mentally talented people um, and they can earn millions from it nowadays, but then, you know, no, their body's not getting the exercise it needs. Right. And they're like, when you were talking about rugby too, I was just thinking about like when I was doing cheerleading back in the day and <laughs> you pushed through any injury because you didn't want to be off the mat essentially. But it was also like understanding what flip you needed to do next, what, you had to be so careful, especially when people, well, for me, I was getting thrown in the air and I had to make sure I was doing the right move at the right turn and in order to not hurt myself, one, but hurt anyone else at the same time. But I think it goes back to like being very present with, okay, what's the next move? And especially even being on the field for rugby, like, okay, you have a job to do when you're on the field, right? And it's the same with cheerleading or any sport and dance, I think too, every movement has to be precise and especially if it's with a team versus being doing a solo routine. I think there's just so many variations, but I think that was a really good point that you brought up because it is being pushing through emotions and pushing through pain to get to that next level. And I think that's where 
a lot of times mentally we need to be feeding our minds like the positivity like to reestablish like okay we need to be in the moment we need to be present and moving forward from there like acknowledging I think is the most important takeaway from that yeah I think that's probably a good point to end on as we're coming up to that hour and we've got three minute meditation as we mentioned at the end um so it's probably a really good um point to end on yes I agree cool so Everyone stay tuned. We've got a lovely three-minute meditation now, as I said, by Bernice Faye. Um, we will have her on the podcast. She's agreed to come and actually talk more in depth about meditation rather than our own points of view, which drift off into everything and everything. She will bring it back to <clears throat> where it should be um, and bring all our minds and body into one. So everyone stay tuned for that. And then we'll see you next week, back on time, back onto the Mondays, because the doctor isn't flying around New York and I'm not going to be ill in bed for a, for a day. Um, so sorry that we're behind um, and thanks for tuning in and again as always follow us on social media we're on Instagram we're on Twitter and you can leave us a question if you want on anchor.fm um, just go in there search the doctor and the dummy and there's a a little slide thing that says submit questions and then you can be the voice at the beginning of one of our podcasts mm-hmm. so until next time enjoy the free meditation I'm now going to talk really quietly because I don't want to be really loud meditation because B's got a wonderfully quiet voice (laughs) so from me goodbye for now and myself goodbye hello and welcome to this three minute restore and revive meditation my name is Bernice Faye please ensure when you're listening to this meditation that you are not driving and not operating machinery. This meditation needs your full attention. This meditation can be done anytime, just making sure that your back is straight and supported. And we're just gonna take a moment, move your awareness to your breathing In honouring your breath, take a deep inhale through the nose and let the breath go, exhale, breathe out through the mouth and again repeat, deep breath in through the nose and exhale through the mouth. Feel the body expanding as you breathe in and allowing the body to rest and surrender and let go as you exhale. Giving yourself permission to pause, the body to soften. Start to scan the body, notice if there's any tension If there is, take a deep breath in and imagine the tension or resistance in your body releasing and dissolving, just like an aspirin in water. Then take a moment to watch your thoughts without becoming engaged in them, reacting to them. Be the watcher, be the observer. And just for the next minute, follow my voice and settle into the meditation. With your breath, you can revitalize your mind and body and it only takes a few seconds. We're gonna breathe in for three, hold for three and exhale for three. Continue this. As you breathe in, empowering yourself with the breath. And on the exhale, releasing any tension that you're experiencing. Becoming calm and relaxing. Allow the abdomen to swell. Move into your natural breath whenever you need to. See your emotions become still and move into 
a sense of healing. Your body and mind together are a tool for release. Set the intention to feel freedom, to feel energised, to feel empowered, focused, committed, engaged, peaceful, powerful and light. You can listen to this meditation as many times as you need. Namaste.